Welcome into the Solo Shot Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Dom Mana. Happy Solo Shot Friday edition, everyone. The best two words in sports when I came at you with that mid-championship series update pod. All I said was, I hope these games go six or seven. And it was because this new wild card format that was supposed to give more teams a chance and be more competitive just flat out wasn't the wild card series has been mostly sweeps the divisional series was two sweeps and two teams that got upset but had one respect win and then we went over here to the ALCS and the NLCS and both series started out two nothing with the teams that I picked with my track record so far this postseason, I was not expecting both of those teams to finish the job, but I had a feeling that meant that I was at least going to be right with one of the teams. And that ended up being the case is a team that I have been on all season, a team that I predicted make the playoffs when many people thought that was a pipe dream. And that is the rowdy Texas Rangers because they rallied, Starting up 2-0, losing three games then at home. Very short travel, so you can't say they had travel and jet lag. Over to Arlington at home, they lose three straight to the Astros, and then they have to go back to Houston. The defending champs, the team that has a Hall of Fame manager, the team that has one of the best postseason hitters in the history of the game, built for October, Jose Altuve. And what do the Rangers do? In game six, nasty Nate shoves. He gives the Rangers every possibility to force a game seven. He's shown that he is big time. I know most people didn't know the name until 2018 when he pitched out of the bullpen for the Boston Red Sox in that World Series run. But he has always delivered in these big moments. And four straight quality starts for Nate Evaldi. I expect that to continue into this World Series. And he is the most valuable contract, I think, that was signed this past offseason. Not in terms of player or having a player on your team for a decade, but just value at price. Nate Evaldi, two years, 32 million, I think, 36 million, something like that. It was a bargain. And the Rangers are paying dividends here from that. And game seven came around. And Max Scherzer was on the bump against Christian Javier, who had been pretty much unhittable in the postseason to start his young career. And Christian Javier, they got to him early. You could tell from their approach that they were swinging on fastballs early in the count. They got him out of the game. Max Scherzer didn't go long, but he gave them some breath. And the Rangers' strength is their offense, and they bullied the Astros pitching staff the whole rest of the way with El Bombi, Adolis Garcia, being the catalyst of this whole thing. 
15 RBIs in the ALCS, the most in a single playoff round in the history of baseball. His 20 RBIs this postseason are tied for second most in a postseason run in playoff history. And with one RBI, he will tie the record in the World Series. With two, he will break it. I expect him to break it by at least a couple. Adolis Garcia will be breaking David Freeze's record, which is ironic in a lot of ways. Adolis Garcia, a Cuban immigrant, came up with the St. Louis Cardinals, and the man's record who he's looking to beat is David Freeze, who had that amazing World Series run with the Cardinals in 2011. And who did David Freeze beat in the World Series? Nelson Cruz and the Rangers. Last time they were in the World Series, uh, and it was amazing because all the records that Adolis Garcia is breaking in franchise history as well have been from that early 2010s Rangers run with Nelson Cruz in terms of run production, big home runs, stare downs, intimidation, the chains, the swag. He has it all, and he's really come together as a late breakout, a late blossom to be one of the best run producers on one of the league's best offenses. Absolutely amazing. But Adolis Garcia does not deserve all the credit. I gave some nasty Nate. Adolis Garcia is the headline. He will be in the thumbnail for sure. ALCS MVP. But you look at what this Rangers team has built and it's why I picked them to make the playoffs this year. You pay a middle infield a half a billion dollars, they better produce. And Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager have been amongst the league's best since signing in Texas. Marcus Simeon, over 100 RBIs out of the leadoff spot this season. Really good two-way player. And Corey Seager has been amazing, not just hitting the ball, which he has done since his time with the Dodgers in the postseason, but seeing pitches. He is going deep into counts. He is wearing out the pitchers ahead of him, and he is getting on base for the thumpers like Adolis behind him in the lineup. But I would be admiss without talking about my AL Rookie of the Year pick at the beginning of the season, Josh Young, and his young teammate, Evan Carter, who have been absolute spark plugs for this Rangers offense. Nathaniel Lowe, Mitch Garver, Jonah Heim, they've had their moments. But the guys who have really been spark plugs to supplement those three main stars in the lineup, Evan Carter, who is walking at a ridiculous rate for a young player, he's seeing a lot of pitches on base streak to start his postseason career, tied the record for most games straight with five. And Josh Young has been hitting very well, playing good defense at third. The Rangers have a bright future with those two kids on the left side of the field. But Bruce Bochy is the man of the hour. And I should have brought this up in last week's video. But in winner-take-all matches, Dusty Baker, the Houston Astros manager, had never won a Game 7. And Bruce Bochy in winner-take-all games in postseason play is 6-0 and in his career. That alone should have told you everything you need to know. Dusty Baker as great as he is for baseball, 
not built for those movements. And Bruce Bochy coaches around even Hall of Famers in those moments. And Bruce Bochy, I said it during the first couple episodes, did not come out of retirement for nothing. He was itching on the couch, and he wasn't itching on the couch to just be back in baseball. He was coming for the whole thing. He saw what I saw, and Chris Young has built an amazing team here. Good young players supplemented with a ton of veterans that can get the job done. And they're not afraid to add. Jordan Montgomery has been amazing. Trading for him and Max Scherzer has done a lot for them. Aroldis Chapman in the bullpen as well. This Rangers team has been so fun to watch all season. One of the best run differentials in baseball. And just a true pleasure to watch. So congratulations, Rangers, on making your first World Series in a long time. And if you take home the title for the first one in franchise history, I will be very happy for every player on your team and your fans. But we cannot forget about the Snakes, Snakes Alive, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Unbelievable performance against the team that just looked unbeatable in those first two games, the Philadelphia Phillies absolutely dunked on them at the bank. And when they forced a game six, I was saying, well, Philly has two chances at home. Citizens Bank was a zoo the last the first two games. They're going to come out and be that 12th man that just helps win the whole game. But the Diamondbacks did exactly what you need to do. You need to get up early. You need to play small ball. You need to put pressure on the base pads. And you need to get outs. And the star of this Diamondbacks team, I'm going to get to Corbin Carroll in a second, has been the bullpen. When you have Andrew Saulfink, you have Ginkle, you have Zach Thompson, and Pat C. Wald being an absolute wall at the end of the bullpen. Every single game that Pat Seawald has come into, I knew was over. This entire postseason, he's been nails. This bullpen has been put together analytically. They're just jiving right now, and they're getting out in the biggest moments. And if they can get wins and outs at Citizens Bank against that lineup, they have what it takes to take on this Texas Rangers lineup. And I got to give a lot of credit to Tori Lovello. This wildcard format allows for a lot of things, but this team is young. They never gave up, and they took full advantage of the new rules this season. With the pitch clock and with the smaller bases, or the bigger bases, they have been stealing bases left and right, putting pressure on their opponents, bringing small ball back in a lot of ways. And their offense has been fun to watch all season long. Corbin Carroll, he's a superstar, man. Just turned 23 years old. Rookie to start the all-star game in his hometown. He's going to win rookie of the year. 25 home runs and 50 stolen bases as a rookie. And his team's playing in the World Series. This is going to go down as one of the top 10 greatest rookie seasons in the history of Major League Baseball. And the best thing, Arizona fans, is you have him locked up on a very reasonable contract for the next eight years. Congratulations. 
There's a lot of other storylines with the Diamondbacks. Evan Longoria, last time that he played in the championship series was in 2008 with the Rays as a rookie. And they ended up going to the World Series and losing to the Phillies. He gets to a championship series again. He wins. And now he has a chance in year 15 to win a World Series after all this time. When he signed with the Diamondbacks, a lot of people thought he was just trying to get a paycheck and regular at-bats in the big leagues because no contender would give him those at-bats. And when he's on the field, he's been an above-average hitter, a guy that's great for the locker room, great energy, a ton of baseball knowledge, a fellow card collector. There's a lot to root for there with Evan Longoria. But Cattell Marte has blown everyone else out of the water. Yes, Tommy Pham's had moments. Yes, Lourdes Gurriel has been playing great on both sides of the ball. Christian Walker, Gabriel Moreno at 23 years old. I highlighted him the last couple playoff rounds. But Cattell Marte, most games straight with a hit to start their postseason career. 16 straight games he's gotten a hit, and a lot of them have been big ones. In that game seven, hitting that ball over Nick Castellano's head, to get that insurance run was massive. He's a guy who's playing possessed. It's reminding me a lot of Gene Segura from last year's postseason as a guy who wasn't really on the radar to be this big of a difference maker is making those kind of plays. This is a guy that has the athleticism to play in the outfield and is a switch hitting second baseman that is just not scared of anybody. And he is going to be a tough out every single time. This Diamondbacks team is amazing. And I talked about almost their entire roster. But the biggest home run and moment that they've had so far this postseason came from Alec Thomas, another young outfielder, with a pinch hit three-run bomb in the eighth inning. In that game, in that seven-game series against the Phillies, that was amazing. Diamondbacks fans have everything to cheer about. They came back from deficits in their first two playoff games. I said it then in the wild card round that all those other teams that had done that in their first two playoff games played in the World Series, and two of the three teams won the World Series. The Arizona Diamondbacks four comeback wins this postseason is tied for the most in franchise history with, you guessed it, 2001, which was their last World Series appearance, and only win two years ago, uh, 22 years ago. Absolutely amazing showing from this Dimeback squad. They're the first team since the 2006 St. Louis Cardinals to have 84 or less wins and make the World Series. And this is going to be the first World Series matchup where two wild card teams match up. And I think this is going to be something we see not just once in a blue moon. I think it's going to happen more than you think with the new playoff format. A lot of people are against it, saying the best teams aren't in it. These teams fought. These teams were hot at the right time. And having some parity in baseball where you have to build and manage the game correctly. It's just music to my ears. And these two teams have been so fun to watch. 
I haven't picked either of these teams in every single round, but I'm super happy. I told you no matter which two teams matched up out of the four that were left, we were going to get a good one. And I am so excited for this World Series. For this week's throwback third base, I decided instead of throwing it back to this day in baseball history, we would throw it back to those 2001 Diamondbacks that beat the Yankees in the World Series. Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling, co-MVPs of that series, they both absolutely shoved. And I just have to say, when you're a franchise that is integrated in 1997 and you go out there in six years and you're able to build a World Series championship roster with a supplemented farm system, with misfit toys from other teams, it is just absolutely amazing to look at. And when you look at this team, which was absolutely insane, they had a 92 and 70 record, which was first in the National League West. And their lineup outside of Luis Gonzalez is a lot of names that aren't household, but were really amazing players. Reggie Sanders is one of eight players in the 300 home run, 300 stolen base club, as is Steve Finley. So two of the eight players in history with 300 career home runs and 300 career stolen bases were on this team. Jay Bell, Mark Grace, and Matt Williams all had some amazing seasons. But Tony Womack is a guy that only hit 36 career home runs. But three straight years from 97 through 99, he stole 60, 58, and 72 stolen bases. A name that a lot of people forget about. The story of this team is the pitching. And Randy Johnson, first ballot Hall of Famer, most strikeouts by a left-handed hitter, a left-handed pitcher. But Kurt Schilling, with those playoffs, just was absolutely amazing. When you look at what they did, Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling's performance in the 2001 World Series is probably the best ever by a pitching duo in World Series play. They ended up getting all four of those wins for the Diamondbacks. Randy Johnson got three. Kurt Schilling got one. And the fact that Luis Gonzalez has one of the best moments in World Series history, hitting that walk-off against Mariano Rivera, the best closer this game has seen, I don't feel like this World Series gets enough love. And... We have to thank this Diamondback squad for interrupting what would have went down as the best dynasty of the era, still probably is, but winning four or five in a row 
would have been insane. So the Diamondbacks getting in the way there against an absolute juggernaut in the New York Yankees team that had Jeter and Bernie Williams and Mariano Rivera, as I said, Roger Clemens, the Rocket. This Diamondbacks team that we're seeing is not those Diamondbacks. But when you look at the way these teams match up, Montgomery, Nathan Eovaldi, Max Scherzer, Zach Gallen, Merrill Kelly, and Brandon Fott, who has been the most mind-numbing thing between me and my buddy Scott because he did not look good during the regular season. He actually got demoted because he was doing so bad. And the fact that he has been a quality pitcher in this postseason has been huge for them. Starting game seven, winning game one against the Brewers in the wild card, matched up with Corbin Burns. He has done everything you need out of a number three starter, which is what that team desperately needed. And you look at the lineups. I don't think anybody would take the Diamondbacks lineup over Texas. They hit all the home runs. They have guys that take pitches and give great at-bats. Corey Seager's won a World Series before. No matter who wins this World Series, it's going to be a great one. And I have to, from everything I've seen, pick the Arizona Diamondbacks to win this World Series in six against the Texas Rangers. If this series goes to seven games, we've talked about it before, Bruce Bochy doesn't lose winner-take-all games. But this Diamondbacks team, they know how to get up early. They know how to quiet fan bases and surging offenses. And that bullpen, with what they showed me in Citizens Bank against Kyle Schwarber, Nick Castellanos, Bryce Harper, Trey Turner, JT Real Muto, and that juggernaut Phillies offense, I think that bullpen can do their job against Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, Adolis Garcia, Evan Carter, Jonah Heim, Mitch Garver. It's going to be a great series. I think there's going to be a lot of runs scored, but I'm embracing the chaos and picking the Arizona Diamondbacks to win their World Series. I think it's very much like the Florida Marlins, who when they've made the World Series, they end up winning it. The Texas Rangers, maybe it's recency bias. Those teams that lost, that were arguably more talented in 2011 and 2010. But this Rangers squad, I've loved it all season. If they win, I will happily get a Rangers shirt and apologize for picking against them. But this Diamondbacks team, they've done everything they need to do. And it's time I give them some credit. I picked against them in the wild card round. I picked against them against the Dodgers. I picked against them against the Phillies. I'm not going to pick against them four times in a row. I appreciate each and every one of you who decided to spend part of your week with me. Let me know in the comments below or in the poll on podcasts what team you have winning this 2023 World Series. I'd love to hear your thoughts about the playoff format as well. And this has just been an absolute blessing getting to broadcast to you guys every single week. Uh, The support, it means the world. 
And I have a ton of stuff brewing for next season that I can't wait to start implementing and sharing with you all. There will be one more episode of this podcast um, before the season is done. And then we get into the off season talking trades, rumors, signings, and my favorite part of the winter, the baseball hall of fame. Thank you. Have a happy solo shot Saturday, an amazing week of world series baseball. And I'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace.